0: This episode is brought to you by Noble Pet Foods. No nonsense, no bull. Go to noblefoods.com, use promo code DOGTALK15, and they'll deliver dog food to your house with Noble. Ever wonder what the dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, animal communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out What dogs want people in their lives to know and understand? I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So, if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication or being a dog whisperer makes an impact at home or when working with the dogs. So welcome to talking with the dogs podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. So hi, welcome to talking with the dogs. We are back (laughs) with another episode. We have a guest, Linda Siebertson, who is with her. One of her dogs is in her lap. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, Linda is. Hi there, Bella. Linda is a dog mom. She is a dog mama. She is a book mom, also known as the book mama. And we are going to talk today with Linda. Welcome, Linda. Hi. Yeah, we're going to talk with Linda about how her work, she's a bestselling author and she works with people like Elizabeth Gilbert. She has a podcast as well, and she knows story people, Elizabeth Gilbert, Deepak Chopra, among others, Gabby Bernstein, anybody who's written a book, Linda knows. I would say, actually, it's not that, just that. It's people who have had a passion burning within them, a mission to get their story on paper. And the reason, among other many others, why I think she's really important to talk to th- my dog audience is that many of you have that same burning desire to know something about your dog. M- Linda, since we first spoke, my listeners are now all over the world, and yeah. a lot of them are either dog people, and you want to understand your dog, or you want to be an animal communicator. Yeah. And the thing that Linda, Linda started as a dog walker. And we're going to talk about that is taking that burning desire and using it for whatever's right for you. Right, Linda?
1: No. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And dog walking was the best entree into writing for me. I was just so, so blessed. I was a dog walker in Beverly Hills in Hollywood. And one day I just had a dream that told me to to write the life stories of these amazing people that own these big houses and these lonely dogs I was taking care of. So it was amazing.
0: So it wasn't just like, oh, you had that knowing within and then you went out and started writing and published a book the following month, right? No, it was no. A long journey, which I like to emphasize for people who are also studying animal communication, that it's not just like, oh, I have a great idea. I'm going to take a workshop. I've been to Linda's workshop. She has writing workshops. She has them virtual in person. They're fabulous. But the book that I'm working on is still not out And it's just like animal communication. You can go and try and understand a dog or learn how to do it, but it's not going to happen after a weekend. I met Linda, I don't know, three years ago, at least Linda. Well, you know why? Because life
1: happens, you know, we have our plans and then life is constantly saying, Hey, hey, wait, you need to do this and this and this and this. You know, life isn't just about writing a book. It's about relationships and taking care of the bills and all sorts of other things. So most people need a lot longer than they think for all things that are important to them, whether it's learning how to communicate with animals or, you know, start a charity or write a book, things or build a house, What it always takes double the time you think at least.
0: Well, and your book, I remember you were working on your latest book, Beautiful Writers, at the time, and you shared visions of what it was going to be like. And when it came out, I loved reading it and seeing how it had shifted. Some things were there, the cover, and some things were very different.
1: Yeah, it really evolved. I mean, creativity is like that. It's just hard to pin down. I mean, I was making changes
0: until... The very last minute, one of your chapters is about divine timing. And I think that that's what you're talking about, like including with my book that I'm working on and p- writers and people with animal communication or relationships with our dogs. Mm-hmm. What tell us more about divine timing that didn't make it into the book, but that applies to dog relationships and animals in our lives.
1: Well, the thing about the book, Beautiful Writers, is it's it follows me from being this pie-in-the-sky, wide-eyed, woo-woo, Los Angeles girl, walking dogs for a living and loving it. So, my sister says to me, I know you love your dog-walking business, but I'm so worried you're not using your brain. And that really bothered me. And I think because I was noodling over the question, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is there a bigger something I'm not seeing in my life that I should be tending to, I was given a dream that told me to write these books. And I think, you know, the, the whole idea of divine timing in the book, it show, it comes up. It's the last chapter of the book. It's like dreams fulfilled. And it just reminds you that things happen in their own magic time, things that are destined take time. And You see me struggle and do all these face plants and funny, crazy networking fails and pie in the sky things that fall on, you know, fall flat. But in the end, it all works out. And I think the the overarching lesson of that is if you are moved by a vision, by a dream, and you just keep moving forward, following those little breadcrumbs, whatever they are, but whatever lights you up, you just keep following the things that make you happy and that light you up. In the end, you can fall on your face a thousand times. You can make all sorts of wrong moves. You can be, you can embarrass yourself and your family. And somehow the universe still sort of rearranges itself to help you out. I mean, that's been my experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the writers, I mean, on your podcast you talk with writers who have had similar journeys with whatever their stories are. Mm-hmm. And the, the you know, as you know, you st- you were doing dog walking before people were even talking about animal communicators. We've talked right, about right. this. And yeah. now there's so many people who they want to be an animal communicator or mm-hmm. they want to hire someone but they're not sure. And I just want to echo what Linda has Shared with so many of us about our stories with people is that it goes back to trusting our inner knowing, right? Oh yeah, and like you said, it applies to everything. Uh, Intuition
1: doesn't just happen with writing or or a career; it happens in every area of our life. And an example I'll give you just happened five minutes ago. Um, I was riding my horse. We're on a a camping trip right now, and I was riding my horse, and I said to my husband. I think we need to go to the chiropractor. I think he's because he's really been acting up and he's kind of been a jerk. Mm -hmm. And I said, maybe he's in pain. And the people around me when I said that were like, no, he's not in pain. He's just obnoxious. I'm like, yeah, but there's a reason why he's being obnoxious. And so somebody somebody new I've never met was just working with him. And she said, you know, he really needs a good chiropractic checkout and massage. I think he's in pain. And so, you know, I, she qualified what my intuition was telling me that the people around me disagreed with. And, and so, it, but it's like that with everything in life, right? You you have an instinct about, wow, maybe we shouldn't move into that house, or maybe I should finish that course in college. You know, those things, those whispers that we get are so easy to ignore, especially when people around us aren't hearing the same whispers. And yet what I keep finding is the more I pay attention to those little, hey, listen to this, um, the better my life flows.
0: Well, and I, I like the point about the other person who, you know, the the village and you know, the village is important, whether it's with our dogs or our horses or our books that yeah. even in this trend of, oh, we could just self-publish our book. They're never as satisfying or as well done if we don't have that editor and that team. I mean, you've been very open about you don't just write your book. You have a team.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I think we're all so close to our own stories that it's hard <laughs> to be objective, you know, yeah. I was really a little arrogant when I started writing this book because I had been a ghostwriter. I had written my own best selling books, but I had helped other people with New York Times bestselling books and big, huge advances. Not that I was super arrogant, but I just thought, oh, I can totally pull this off, even right. though it's a memoir and I've never written a memoir before, right? My my other books that were big bestsellers were they were business books. One was kind of a business spiritual book. And uh, so my sister, I had her reading, you know, my sister, yeah. I had her reading some of the pages. And she said, Linda, just because you know how to write in other genres doesn't mean you can naturally just waltz into being a memoirist. She said, I think you need a couple more years of study. And I was horrified. I was like, are you kidding? Like my favorite books are memoir. I know memoir. But guess what? It's one thing to read memoir, and it's a whole other thing to become masterful at writing memoir. And she was a thousand percent right. I needed more years. And I went and I took those years, and I'm so grateful I did. Now now the book is ready.
0: Yeah. Oh, it, it's a treasure. It's a treasure. And it really can be related. I mean, I'm an animal communicator who I teach people how to fine tune their own animal communication practice or with their dog, or just I'll help them get the messages. And it's like so many of the things you write in your book apply to that because about the empathy and highly sensitive and working with the village is the other part. Like you even said at one point about your sister, how she said, well, wait a minute, I don't think it happened quite like that. Right. She's and like, that's not my memory. And and we had to hash it out because, you know, siblings often have a different way of remembering things. Yes, but that perspective is also important with our animals. It, when it comes to death and dying, people think, oh, it's so sad. And, and yes, it is. I mean, I had a dog that recently passed away, so I'm the first person. Yes, it's it's hard. And you don't, you know, I wanted to say, no, no, go away to the vet who was coming to our house. No, but perspective is you know with with the people involved, we were like, no, this is horrible. But we would look at my dog, knowing it was his time. He was fine with it. I know. And so that perspective is really important, and why I think it's good to have when someone works, whether with it's an animal communicator or their vet or their trainer, to remember that the village and is really important. I mean, you have a village with your animals, right? I do. I do. And, you know, I
1: early on had some really amazing episodes with animals passing away that I swear to God came back. They came back and they came back in different bodies, but with the same exact really bizarre mannerisms and just the quirkiest stuff where you're like, you know, neighbors or friends come over the house and they're like, whoa, that's Mary or that's Brody. I'm like, I know, I know. It's so obvious. So it helps to have that village feedback too, because I, in my heart thought, I think that's Mary, like she's come back Yeah. to have other people say it too, is such a clarifying, validating, like heartwarming piece of that story, that narrative for our
0: family. So I want to give a disclaimer on that because people will ask about like, you know, well, I don't get... I'm not visited every day. What's wrong with me? Or my dog didn't come back and yeah. you know, why not? Or I don't know if I'm believing that. And it's, and my response is like, it depends on the situation yeah. and, Yep. Can you touch on t- touch on that, a book? And I think it's probably similar with book writing that just because one yes. person has one experience, it can be very different for someone else. Oh, my gosh. And
1: different with for the same person, too. Like just mm-hmm. because I was used to having sort of mystical experiences with my books where, you know, they came to me in a dream, which is unusual. You know, most people don't have that. Um there have been lots of times in my writing practice where I was just effing blocked. Like it almost felt like I was dealing with God playing just a joke on me. You know, I decide right. on one path and I'm a freaking expert, right? I'm a publishing right. expert. I help so many people publish books and there's been so many wins. And yet I couldn't do it for myself. I was like the self-help author who couldn't help herself. So I would, and, and I'm talking about with this book, beautiful writer. Right. So I'm taking one path and I'm totally clear. This is what I want to do. And a year down the road, it just, the energy just dies. It just feels flat. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. here, you know, I, and the thing about me is I always regroup. I, I'll i grieve and I'll be pissy pants about it. I'll be like, damn, it should be easier. It should be easier. And then I get over it and I go, guess what, Linda? This is only going to help you better um, sort of have empathy for your clients who maybe don't have it easy. like there's yeah. there, there are so many blessings here. there are so many benefits. And then I wait for the guidance. i'll I'll dream, I'll pray for a dream. I'll say, okay, God, please make it clear, make it something I can remember in the morning when I wake up. You know, give me a sign. I kind of get really humble and on my knees about it because, Every time I think intellectually, I've got it figured out, then it's like a joke.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're really good at, at pivoting from what you think and, and and even being convinced about of knowing and then that knowing. And you talk about it moments in the book where it's like, I knew this, but like, oh, well, now that I know this, I know something else. You're willing to change. I am
1: willing for sure. Uh, my sister says that's the best thing about me because my sister, she she's an astrologer, as you know. Yeah. Yeah she's got a moon that's fixed and I've got a moon that's movable. And something about that, like, I guess when you have a fixed moon, it makes it harder for you to switch gears. So like Mm -hmm. she'll get on to a topic and she'll just really want to hold her, her thing. And I'm way more flexible. And I thank God for that because I'm telling you what in publishing. And I think in any kind of dream, if you're not flexible, it can be so hard. I mean, it's already hard being flexible. It's already hard. But if you're like super set in your ways and the universe is giving you all sorts of roadblocks and, and nose and rejection. And if you're not able to pivot, God, that's so painful. I mean, I'm not saying I don't grieve because I do. Yeah. Um, and I do get sad and I get And I get jealous. I mean, the book has funny stories about me being sad and jealous. Right. But I don't let it stop me for very long because I trust in the overall vision. I have I have this saying I say to people, which is if you have the ache, you have what it takes. This is Bodhi.
0: Bodhi Bodhi. is Bella's sister. Bodhi, boo. Bodhi, do you want to add something to this? Now? Yes, you do. Okay, so what do you want to say, Bodhi? Oh, gosh. Uh, Yeah, it's fine. You can say whatever. Usually we start with favorite things, but if you want to jump to them, you want to talk. Okay. So Bodhi likes it when you hold me close, just me. So Linda has her dogs, Bodhi and Bella, and then they're the family dog, the rest of the family dogs, right? How many are there now? Six others. So we have eight, eight dogs and six horses. Okay. So Bodhi really likes his. Alone time, snuggled in close yeah. when it's just me. And I guess you have a soft blanket that you sometimes put around
1: oh, yeah. all the time.
0: Really likes it. So I don't know that he's. This is what he's showing me. He's snuggling in. He loves his alone time. He calls Bella the girl. Yeah, <laughs> the, the girl She's dog. A girl. She's such a girl. <laughs> the girl. He wants his alone time, and so he's sharing this. I in my work, I like to say, okay, with the animals, why is this important? Yeah, because. Often, you're right, Bodhi, people say, does my dog want another dog? And a lot of the times it's no, it's not about them. It's about the person. Wow. And Bodhi is, your Bodhi, you're right. We Can you tilt the screen so people can see Bodhi? Hi, Bodhi, you're right. When you have multiple dogs in a home, yeah. remember that some of them are fine sharing, but yeah. they still want their alone time. And Bodhi is saying he wants a lot of alone time. I get that. I get that. Yeah. He's,
1: he's very sweet. Oh my gosh. I love. He him.
0: wants a lot of alone time and he wants other people. If you're listening to make sure that your dogs and if you have children in the home, like they like their individual time, dogs like their alone time too. Oh, they don't I always feel like the other dog and Bodie's like, even if we look alike, cause he and Bella look a little bit alike,
1: Yeah.
0: even if they look alike and they came together from the same litter, they still want their alone time. Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, Bodie. I feel a relief. So we got that and he's getting up to move away a little bit. He's leaving. So he got his message across. He's good. he's good. So Linda, I want to make the most of time with you too, because I I always love what you share and you're so empowering to people. And for the animal communicators out there, because it's been, as you probably know, there's a lot more interest in animal communication. And I want people to know that you know, what Linda has shared about it takes time and divine timing. The animals need us. Linda, you're like the planet needs us. Anybody who can tune in and connect. But animal communicators know that if, if you took a weekend course and it's not clicking for you, that's normal. It's, I went to Linda's retreat and, you know, all of us and many people will go to a retreat. It's like, okay, I know, I mean, I know I know the ending of my book from Linda's retreat and it's still my ending, but my book is not going to be there for a while. But, yes. and it's, so we can be wide-eyed and distracted. I'm not distracted about my book. And I want to encourage people from what Linda's saying that if you're new to animal communication, Read Linda's book; it can help you. But know that it's a process, like the divine timing, and th- these knowings that we get. Sometimes they're the right knowing for this is the right step for me to take today. But next week, I'm going to take a different step than this knowing is showing me. Totally, totally.
1: flexibility, right? flexibility, and I think I think it's because each step is supposed to take you somewhere else. So to mm-hmm. be at step one. And yes. to think, oh, let me call this psychic or let me have this dream so that I know what step 10 looks like. I think spirit is often like, no, 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 You're not meant to see that whole thing right now. What you're right. supposed to go do is go from point A to point B. That's it. That's, That's all you great. get to know right now. Remember that part in Eat, Pray, Love where Elizabeth Gilbert's, you know, on the bathroom floor and she's praying oh, to yeah. God and God's like. Go back to bed, Liz. Like that was all she needed to know right then. And there was just go get some mother effing sleep and then more
0: will be revealed, right? That's right. And I'm so glad that you brought up Elizabeth Gilbert and eat, pray, love because it, and it came up in the retreat that I was, people will say "I my book is like eat, pray, love. And you're like, no, it's not. And the thing yeah. about eat, pray, love here's to Liz Gilbert is that, It's her story that she owned and she went deep with her story. And that's, what's so great about it that we with our stories and our work need to go deep with what's true for us and our style of animal communication or dog relationships or whatever that we it's the going deep. It's not as much as we'd all like to go eat and pray and love that that was her story that she owned and she's teaching us. And Linda is doing that with people and bringing out their stories, right? Um, And I'm doing that with the dogs. Go on, Linda. Exactly. Well, we get to live vicariously through other people's
1: journeys. I I don't want to travel the world. And, you know, with all the animals I have, I can't travel the world. But thank God she did. So I can learn from her and live vicariously. That's the beauty of stories. We can implant ourselves in somebody else's journey and, and get the, get the lessons and get that experience. So, so beautifully. And, you know, I think part of what you do as an animal communicator is you're taking the journey with the animal because you're open, Yes. That's what, that's what it takes. Whether you're trying to receive guidance about a book from your muse or from God, whatever, whatever it is, it's giving you the information or whether you're trying
0: to connect with your horse who's got a sore back. I'm going to go back to you as a dog walker. And you were yeah. surprised when your sister said, maybe this isn't the best thing for you because right. we need our dog walker. So this isn't about bad dog walkers. It's about w- what her sister saw in Linda and where her next step might be sure. that she needs to go. And, and I get that with students who are like convinced they want to be an animal communicator. But then they're like, oh, my gosh, I've got. Visitors coming for the next month to my house. I can't do the work. I can't practice. And it's like, I'm like, well, then maybe the timing's not right. You know, rather than beating ourselves up, sometimes, like Linda, being flexible, huh? Maybe I should think about an alternative or be open. open. Animal communication, you're studying it. It's okay for now, but it's going to be like a seed that you're planting. Exactly. You're going to nurture it like a book.
1: Yeah. Like, like it's simmering on the stove, but it might be simmering on the back burner, but eventually it will be cooked and you'll be able to enjoy that meal. But for right now, it's simmering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about your household of animals and, and your, all your different projects that you do and how you balance that with accessing your inner knowing. And and you're knowing, because you have clients who work with you in groups and individually. And so you're knowing, how do you, I guess, nourish your knowing?
1: You know, I'm not the most organized person in the world. I Mm -hmm. have, I'm very in the moment. I live, I have a weird relationship with time. I would say it's not actually even that good, except for one thing. I'm very in the moment. So when I'm with somebody like my sister and we're talking, I am so present with her. I may forget. About an appointment, I have an hour later. So, I've learned I have to always have my calendar, has to give me alerts. I'm very, very good at looking at my calendar, putting things on the schedule, giving myself alerts because I will forget appointments. I will forget things. I'll be so in the moment with my horse or whatever. Right. I'm usually late to things. You know, I'm talking minutes, not hours. Yeah. I'm kind of an emotional creature who lives in the moment. And I think when you are in the moment, you get a mm-hmm. lot of guidance. I
0: think. Ah, yes. Um, totally present.
1: I'm a cerebral creature. Very. I have like four planets in Gemini. So I'm very much in my head but because i also have this weird living in the moment thing i can hear guidance and i hear it very loudly i always have my whole life doesn't mm-hmm. mean i've always listened to it like you know, the, the the first date with my ex-husband, we were married 19 years, but the first date I heard he, no, 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 no. Wow. And I went, well, never mind because he gave me a poem. And of course, when he gave me a poem that was very romantic and he had burned it around the edges and rolled it up and put a ribbon around it and, you know, drove up on his Harley and gave it to me, of course, I had to marry him, like marry mm. a stranger that you've heard. No, no, no. <laughs> and, um, You know, we lasted a long time because I'm dogged, right? If if I commit, I commit. But that into my point is that my intuition has always been there, but I've gotten a lot better about listening to it.
0: Yeah. You didn't listen to it. And not always. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of new animal communicators have that. They're like, I'm not confident. I don't, this is what I got, but I don't want to say it. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. And then they find out later that they were totally right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you mentioned your sister. So yeah. Carol Allen is an astrologer. And I want to say that like you've referenced things about your own um, astrology, what you know. Not everyone who does animal communication or book writing has to know about astrology. That's what's so great about all the offerings in, in the world and how we tune in and know ourselves. So I just want to make that clear that it's like like I've talked to Carol and she's told me things about myself and moons and planets. And I'm like, what, what? Yeah. So like, it, it doesn't make sense. I, I, my brain is not, it doesn't resonate. You know, I, what the
1: beauty about this universe is there's a million different ways to get guidance, right? When I interviewed yeah. Renee Brown for my podcast, she said, you know, she'll need guidance about a book and she'll get it from a billboard. She'll get it from yeah. what episodes of Law & Order. I think when we're open and we're flexible, you're going to find the information you need from a song or from a cloud formation or just... Yeah. It's being open.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just want to... I think it's because I think it's fascinating how different things help different people. Yeah. Me too. Or or what what they can understand. Cause like you have probably said things about moons that people are like, oh, I, I know exactly about that. I'm going to look up Carol Allen. I'm going to go do that. And you should. Yes. And so anyway, so, okay. So that's great. So uh, what else do I want to ask you? I want to ask you about your horse. So you, you're you, Linda sort of turned me into a horse person. I specialize in talking with dogs and one of her horses had a baby yeah a bull, mm-hmm. that is so special. And oh. He's had it. It, it, it's important because it's like, I think it caught a lot of people off guard, this amazing energy of this fall. Yeah. Right. Uh,
1: Arizona moon. He did, I think, because I I posted a lot on social media before he was born. So I showed like the progression of the storyline. We had mama really getting fat. Right. Right. And then we had, you know, my husband and I on full watch with our feet up in the barn, sleeping in the barn. So we wouldn't miss it with the, you know, stack of towels. And then the next thing you see is like, my husband is holding this beautiful baby horse and, and I'm petting mama. And then the next thing you see is his first steps and he's wobbly. And you know, I think people just fell in love with him. It was so nice to share that with my community, my little Mm -hmm. book mama community. And I fell in love with him as you all fell in love with him. It was just such a magical journey and taught me so much.
0: Yeah. So the yearning that people have, like and I think that's sort of what seeing the birth of a new horse is sort of like, I mean, you really shared quite a bit of it. Yeah. it this yearning that people have of, I really want to write a book. I just want to write a book. Yeah. And, and I, we've seen it, you know, people's eager faces. And, and I get that with, gosh, I would love to, to talk with, understand what my dog is thinking. Yeah. What tips do you have for people who have a yearning about something? Oh, gosh, 100% trust it. Mm-hmm. Like really, really trust it. You know,
1: part of the main thread of the storyline of beautiful writers is permission. We have to give ourselves permission. And if you're not good at getting giving it to yourself, go out and get it. Go find permission. You know, a lot of a lot of people didn't weren't raised with a parent who trusted in them and encouraged them on. You have to find those role models. You have to, like I say in the book, I got all these prophetic visions from Guru yeah. Singh all these amazing people in my life but guess what they didn't anoint me on a street corner corner I had to make appointments and drive my ass across town and find advice worthy of my Benjamin's right I paid for that cheerleading yeah and it gave me the confidence that I didn't have because I was a college dropout I was in the bottom third of my high school graduating class. I never, ever, ever thought of myself as smart, certainly not book smart, but I came to find out through trusting in these visions, both mine and others that people had for me. I came to find out that I was really tapped in. I was really quite brilliant, but it was on an energetic level. It was on a different kind of level. I couldn't compare myself to the gals in my class that were in AP classes when I would never have been able to do an AP class. Yeah. So so it's just trust, trust yourself, trust.
0: Yeah. That ache. So you talk about, you know, the internal fireworks at one point in your book. And I love that because you say that sometimes the external ones don't matter. It's that internal.
1: It's all about the internal. You know, my mom on her deathbed said to me, Linda, I wasted my life. And guess what? She didn't. And it was standing room only 350 people at her memorial. Like that woman rocked it. She rocked this life. But her greatest goals, other than her husband and her children, her greatest goals went unanswered because she was born in a different time and had a really tough childhood and didn't have that permission and didn't have that courage uh-huh. that she fostered in me and my sister. You really, if you have that ache, fucking don't wait. Don't wait, go go, give yourself permission. And if you can't do it, go get it.
0: I can't think of a better place to end this note. You know, I just think because people, you know, they come to me, they want to talk to their dog, but then life gets in the way. And maybe that's okay. It's just like you talk about in your book, you had other books you thought you were going to do and you didn't do that one. You did this one. And, you know, some people aren't meant to be the professional animal communicators. It's, it's, you've got it. Like I realized early on that I I can't just talk to dogs. I need to share what they're saying. I need to share these messages. So I started a podcast to share all this stuff. Well, and you really helped
1: me. I don't know if you know this, but Mm. you
0: kind of got up
1: in my face a little bit after you fell in love with my foal. I started sending me information on the wild horses that were being rounded up and, you know, sold for slaughter. And I didn't want to look. I was too scared. I thought this is going to crush me. I have too much empathy. I'm going to, I'm going to dissolve. I can't do it. I can't do it. I was at a part of my life where I was finishing the book. I didn't have one more ounce of energy. Oh gosh. Kept sending me stuff. And I was like, Oh, but eventually I got to the place where I did have the energy and I did have the courage to look and now saving wild horses from slaughter and gathering people to help me and finding the money and supporting these people, these boots on the ground, people who are doing it in Arizona near me is seriously one of the greatest joys of
0: my life. Oh, my gosh. i wow, so saved through you you know, and that became because of this fall. I mean, I told you at the time you're turning me into a horse person. So I was getting, I had a communication session with one of these wild horses, old man, and people were asking me and I was like, I I wouldn't say I'm an official horse person. I didn't know what to do with this, but I saw Linda's followers commenting about the horse, her horse. And I'm like, I got to spread awareness. So my little piece of contribution to helping the wild horses, I'm going to feed it to Linda because her people are horse people. They are. It's
1: and they've spread so much money. We've saved so many horses. And that was because of you. That was because of I you. you, so you that. Oh my God. Yeah. So,
0: so that's helpful. not, well, you know, it's, it's not really because of me. It's because I trusted that if I want to make a difference in some way, and this is for you listeners, if you want to make a difference, whether it's for a horse or shelter dogs or whatever, the planet in the trees, yeah. you can do one small thing. My one small thing was I kept sending Linda. I didn't inundate it. I was selective. Yeah, but you were consistent.
1: I was and consistent.
0: And when I, I had it. the energy to look, I I faced your
1: emails And what was so amazing about it was I started off just making one video. I posted one video and my community went nuts. And I I mean, I had clients sending $500 from London, $1,500 from Napa. Like Money was coming from all over the country just in time for an auction that saved like 10 horses that week. And I, when I saw that, you know, publishing can be so slow. When I saw that we could save horses, horse lives in
0: like a half hour, I was like, okay, this is, this is one of the greatest joys of my life. Well, I was so glad. Well, that was a knowing and it was a knowing because I knew Linda was a horse person and I knew that in her circle, she knew horse people. I didn't have to get all involved. So I'm saying this for those of you listening, because Linda and I care very much and we want you to take that next stepping stone, whatever it is. I have no idea. I don't think Linda has any idea what your stepping stone is, but Mm -hmm. we want you to just do it. Right,
1: Linda? Let's do it. And hashtag Alpine Wild Horse Army, if anyone wants to know how to get involved.
0: Yeah. Well, with the horses, you know, $200 can save a horse life. They sell these horses for $225. Sometimes they sell them for
1: 25 bucks because they get $3 a pound in Mexico. They're now sending them to Japan for meat all over. It's just insane.
0: Yeah. So there are so many ways that people can make a difference. And that's what a lot of these, every author who's written one of these great books, I'll show you, I have it right here. Beautiful writers. They're not trying to make books to, I don't think Gabby Bernstein, Marie Forleo, they're doing this work now just to write a book. They are trying to make a difference in the world and this is their way. And Linda and I are trying to make a difference and in so, in empowering all of you listening Take the next step, whatever it is, and the path will be made clear.
1: Right, sister.
0: Thank you. What fun. I'm so glad that you invited me. Thank oh, you. Oh, Linda, so I think you're great. Enjoy your camping trip. She took time out from her animals, her family, and we will, I will have all the information for you all to decide if you need to go deeper with Linda at a retreat or a book or whatever. She's got a lot of great information and I do too. So uh, stay tuned for more from both of us and check the show notes for how to get in touch. So I hope you all will continue your animal talking effort, your storytelling, your listening within, and reach out to either one of us if we can support you on your journey. Sounds I'm good. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Ready to find out what your dog wants you to know? Visit talkingwithadogs.com, book an appointment with me, and we'll find out.